What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Unsponsored Podcast. We have major, major, major breaking news here in Sacramento. The Kings have found their new head of basketball operations, and uh, we're gonna we're just gonna get straight into that. Zach, I know that you were in the running for this position. Turns out they decided to go in a different direction. How are you feeling with the announcement of the news that the Kings have hired Monty McNair? And where do you go from here, dude? Um, yeah, I mean, good on the Kings, I guess. Um, obviously, they missed out on me. Um, I had a stacked resume. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they hired a, a, a different guy with the name, you know, with, with a double M. So, Eminem. Um, I mean, I think now I'm going to take my talents to Fall Guys. Um, just okay. perfect my craft there. Uh, own Fall Mountain. Um, you know the Worley gig is just is just under control now. Hexagon that's gonna be that's gonna be conquered. So I think that's that's where I'm headed. Okay, dude. I mean, look that I I, I think it's a win win situation. Although um, you sent that cl- you sent that clip to our 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 group snap last night of uh, Jump Showdown, dude. And I I honestly have like what would they do? Like was that like a, an update or something like that that all of a sudden made that thing go quicker? Because that didn't seem like I've never seen that that game go that fast it, before. It, it was only because those two lasted that, that whole last round went on for maybe like eight, nine minutes. And that's a long time for fall guys for a round. And they were going on forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I know they were making the jumps, but on like the spectators mode, it looked like they were getting hit by the, the little like uh, poles, but they were still making it. And mm-hmm. they were going on forever because I was playing with a couple of my friends Um and it was like our last game, but they were just going on. And it was just like to the point where I've never seen that speed. And it was, it was, it was crazy. Dude. Well, the, the clip that you sent was just nuts because it's like the two guys that are on one platform. And, and with the amount of times that they were getting hit, you would think that they had already they would have already fallen off. I mean, yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were getting hit just incredibly hard. I, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to describe it any other way. They were just getting absolutely pummeled and neither of them were falling off. It was, it was surprising to, to see. But um, – yeah, I guess as long as that game doesn't break or as long as the developers don't ruin that game or, or whatever, then I, I guess it's a good place to go to, man. I, honestly, man, there are many situations that would be better than the Kings. Honestly, I think you dodged the bullet. So even though your resume is strong and, and you were still passed up, it leaves the door open for an opportunity elsewhere. If you take it to fall, guys, I think it's a great place to land. I think there are many great places to land other than Sacramento. And we'll talk about that right now. Um, so Monty McNair has been in the Houston Rockets front office for the last 13 years. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, 14 years. And he started as, uh, I think it was uh, just, just an analytics guy, guy who worked in the video room type of deal. And then he ended up moving up. He ended up moving up to, um, to uh, director of basketball operations uh, and then to vice president of basketball operations. And then he ended up getting promoted a couple seasons ago to assistant GM. And he worked under Dale, uh, worked under Daryl Morey, who has been the architect for all these great Houston teams. I think if you look at the Rockets win loss record or their average number of wins over the last 15 seasons, since McNair has been a part of their front office, they've averaged 51 wins a season. So obviously Maury, McNair and, and, and co have done something right. 
uh, in order, in order to have that kind of sustained success. Um, I, I'm trying to think back to when they weren't a playoff team. And, and, and I think it was like, probably, it was probably like the year before they acquired Harden. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it's going on like eight years now where they've made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they're still like a ninth seed and stuff like that. So, yeah, exactly. That team, that team would always <clears throat> float around playoff contention. They, they just needed to get over that hump. And, and, and still to this day, I, you know, many people cite the James Harden trade as one of their least favorite trades for one side. And if you're OKC, I think you're probably kicking yourself still because they traded away a big reason why they got to the finals uh, in order to get something in return. And they got a first round pick in Kevin Martin and Kevin Martin just couldn't really match what James Harden brought to that team. And then that first round pick ended up becoming Steven Adams, which, you know, pretty solid pick. He's still on that roster. He's still contributing, but there's no James Harden. I mean, I, I think the consensus looking back on that trade was why did the Rockets just keep Harden and just go for it one more year? Because they got what, what, what would be considered to be a minimal return anyways in Kevin Martin and, and, and a first and a mid first round pick. So they just didn't offer him, right? What was that? The Thunder just didn't want to, um, meet him. They they didn't want to give him a contract extension. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, on, on that side, I get it. Cause, cause obviously they, they, they had, they had paid Durant, uh, they had paid Westbrook and and they were, they knew that they were gonna have to pay hard next. So it, it just wasn't feasible keeping three guys like that, especially with how the cap was back then. I mean, we're talking just eight years ago, but the cap, the, the salary cap was just that type of situation was just completely different. So I get that from a financial standpoint, but the fact that they just didn't decide to run it back one more time, even at the risk of losing hard and after making it to the finals, a little disappointing. I, I think that's one of the biggest what ifs there's that infamous picture, right? Where like game five of the finals is about to end and the heat are about to, they're about to clinch the title. And then there's Harden. Westbrook and Durant standing next to each other and everybody everybody at that time just kept on posting that picture and saying oh they'll be back they'll be back and then well they never came back because literally a few months later James Harden was in Houston but Daryl Morey and and I guess to a lesser extent Monty McNair and then also to a lesser extent um Gerson Rosas who's who's now in charge of the uh, the Timberwolves who was a part of that front office at the time I believe um you know they 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 made that trade happen they 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 have Houston's done an outstanding job over the last decade of just acquiring guys uh, via via trade. I think if you look at their if you look at their draft record, it's so so. I mean, somebody somebody posted the list of 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 the Rockets draft picks since 2006 since McNair's been in that front office, and and I mean there there's some names in there, but nothing too spectacular. I think the only guy that really stands out, uh, the only few guys that stand out are uh, they drafted Aaron Brooks one year. He ended up being most improved player, but Obviously, after that. Um, oh, by the way, King's legend Aaron Brooks. He's yep, like half King's legend, baby. <laughs> he was he was our marquee free agent signing of like 2012 or 2013 or whatever. I remember. I still remember telling somebody, "Dude, the King signed Aaron Brooks." Like when I got the notification, and and they weren't a Kings fan, and their immediate reaction was, "Ooh, yeah, like was, he was, yeah, he was like, some big deal." <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, "Look, man, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that too." They signed. Um, uh, but yeah, Aaron Brooks eventually becomes uh most improved player of the year. So, I mean, for a few seasons there, he was really good. Uh, played quite well next to Yao Ming before his foot just gave out and he had to retire. Um, and, uh, and Clint Capella, who they drafted, mm-hmm. uh, you know, five, six years ago, who's now in Atlanta, but was a, was an important part of that team and absolutely gave Willie Cauley Stein 
buckets over the course of his time in Houston. That guy owned Willie Cauley-Stein. I watched Clint Capella drop like 25 and 20 on Willie Cauley-Stein opening night 2017, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is – this is this this is not looking good for this team this year. It, and that's it, not it, saying anything about Clinton. That just said that just yeah exactly how, yeah how that's bad a, Willie was. That's an indictment on Willie Cauley Stein above all else. But yeah, they they they've acquired some interesting pieces during the draft. Uh, not not too many that have directly contributed to their playoff runs. But what they do is, and this is a recurring theme with them over the past decade, is is they will get picks and they will draft guys with high picks, and then they're able to turn those guys into guys who can contribute right away. And and apparently the last big deal that McNair was in on was the Robert Covington deal. So he was able to he was able to get Robert Covington to come come to come to Houston. That was uh, from Minnesota, right? He was in Minnesota. Yeah, because yeah, he, he, he got he was in that Jimmy Butler trade, right? So he was able to flip whatever it was into Robert Covington, and Covington played a big role uh, on that team this past season. Honestly, a huge reason why that team kind of transformed themselves defensively. Yeah. Um. So. Look, we've been a little critical of Lottie on this show. I mean, for better or worse, jokingly, not jokingly, the thing is, is we, I think we can all agree that Lottie was a little over, or, or I'm sorry, he was a little underqualified for his job. That might be putting it kindly, honestly. Um, but McNair, obviously, I mean, like, look, the bar here is so low here in Sacramento as far as basketball operations go. It's like, dude, it comes down to a few things. Do you know five people in the NBA <laughs> outside of your own front office? Uh, can you handle your own trade calls and are you able to just run the day-to-day operations of an NBA franchise properly? That right there is basically all we're asking for. I think we're going to be able to get that with Monty McNair. Um, and, and the other thing that I think Kings fans can expect from McNair is, is an analytics heavy approach. Uh, he went to Harvard. He played football there actually, but uh, Harvard graduate guy, guy who, guy who just is just smart. Apparently he knows how to code. There, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a joke uh, that somebody tweeted out last night that said uh, Monty McNair might be the NBA's first GM that actually knows how to code, uh, unless unless Daryl Morey knows how to code, then he's going to be the first guy who's, who, who knows how to code. And I mean, like Monty McNair probably, you know, he's probably one of those guys that might have started coding when when like MySpace was popping. You know, like we used to like make our yeah. own backgrounds and like make our own profiles on MySpace. He probably got his he probably got his start there. Who knows? Um, but He's an incredibly smart guy. He he. Um, there's there's this thing that happens every year called the Sloan Sports Analytic Conference. Um, he's he's been he's been a part of that uh, over the last few years. He's made a number of appearances there. Uh, there are actually a couple of clips circulating uh, on Twitter from people who uh, work in in the Sacramento sports media of of McNair at these sports conferences at Sloan, and and he's. He's just, he's a very well-spoken guy, just um, well-read guy, knows his stuff, bottom line. And, and, and honestly, dude, the fact that he's able to just make sense when he's talking already, you're like, you're again, the bar is set incredibly low here, but just the fact that he's able to form coherent sentences when talking about basketball uh, already kind of gives him the edge when it comes to, uh, when it comes to being a basketball executive. Um, So what the Kings fans what the Kings fans can expect from him, I think from from an on court product, is uh, it's going to be analytics heavy. The guy actually was very very involved in game planning when he was in Houston, so he would work in conjunction with the coaching staff in order to build game plans. 
Um, he knows his X's and O's. I think that's incredibly valuable. That's not saying Vladdy didn't know his X's and O's. Vladdy Divac, as a player, one of the best passing big men of all time, probably still to this day, the best free agent acquisition in the Sacramento era. Uh, and I guess it depends on how you feel about, I don't know, uh, Aaron Brooks or like, uh, uh, who's another big free agent? Oh, Chuck Hayes. You know, like, depends on how you feel about those guys. But I think it's safe to say, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Vlade is still one of the biggest one of the most important free agent acquisitions in Sacramento Kings history. Um, that still stands, even though, even though he may have messed up once or twice or a lot of times as, as, as the Kings basketball uh, operations head. Um, and, and that's not to say he doesn't know his X's and O's. I just think, I just think what's interesting here is McNair didn't play, but he was confident enough and other people were confident enough in him for him to be part of the game plans in Houston uh, if you watch the Rockets play basketball, I mean, we all know what they're all about, right, Zach? I mean, it's going to be a lot of threes and a lot of layups and a lot of free throws, nothing in the mid-range, right? Um, I think you can probably expect that, and it's much easier to play that way when you're a young team. The Kings, generally speaking, have a young core. So I would expect about the same amount of threes as the Kings have been jacking up over the last couple of seasons, maybe even more. I mean, we, <laughs> there was a game in the first round against uh, against OKC where Houston shot I think they shot 57 threes in a game. Um, I don't think the Kings have ever got, you know, been that extreme with three point shooting, but they could with McNair because he comes from that. He comes from that, uh, from that tree of, of executives under Maury and, and it's going to be analytics heavy and, and it's going to be really uh, a peek into how a modern front office is run because we, we don't, we don't know what that last front office was all about, but they certainly weren't modern. So, um, I think this is you know, in a vacuum, great hire. Um, we just got to hope that the owner of Vivek Ranadive stays out of the way and stops meddling and, and, and hopefully just, just stops doing questionable things. But, uh, but he already kind of has. And, and I mean, if, if, we, if we had more time, we could get more into that. But Joe Dumars is sticking around. Apparently, uh, a few candidates said, I'm out. The second they heard that Joe, Joe Dumars was a part of the process for interviewing candidates or once they heard that he was going to be around. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I think overall, McNair, pretty solid hire. Zach, how you feeling about Monty McNair? Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I, I think we've talked a lot about what could happen with the Kings in our group chat and everything like that. <clears throat> and, 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 and how he could, you know, help bring in pieces, uh, move pieces out just to, you know, see value and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think we're just gonna have to wait and see, because uh, what free agency starts in October? I I don't or, even know anymore. Like the, the draft, the draft isn't know. until November eighteenth, and typically free yeah, agency so, starts after the draft, so we don't like we don't know. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We, we literally just gonna have to wait and see, and and, and where we. Go. I know I sent. Um, like a post last night about how we could look in, in some potential moves and stuff like that. And, and, and I think we all liked a lot of it. Um, but obviously that's just like, you know, predictions and like speculation that us right. Kings fans have, which is what we only have. Um, and, and so we're just, we're just going to have to see. Um, we, we all, I think all, all we know is we just, we just have to keep locks on uh, Justin James. <laughs> or and Daquan Jeffries. Um, 
So <laughs> everyone else can go except those two. Yeah. Um, it, it, well, speaking of guys like Justin James and Daquan Jeffries and Kyle Guy, uh, yeah. those G League level guys, I think fans should be encouraged on the G League side as well because McNair, and this is a gap that in his career that I, I forgot to mention, but he was actually GM of the of of the uh, of the G the G League affiliate for the Rockets for a couple of years. Um, I don't think he ever won Executive of the Year or anything like that because. And I mean, that's not, that's not like a precursor for success or anything like that in the NBA. It's just a lot of the names that were mentioned for the Kings job, uh, for the GM job, many of those guys actually were G League GMs at a certain point, And a number of them were G League executive of the year. Adam Simon of the Heat, Trejan Langdon um, of the Pelicans. Like those guys have a, 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 an executive of the year uh, from the G League uh, on, on their resume. And I mean, like, you know, take that however you want, but. Uh, those guys know how to develop and run a G League, um, a G League franchise, and 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 so does McNair. So I think that I think that's very good for for the Kings as far as developing young talent, getting guys on two ways, taking flyers on guys. Like those are the kind of things that that separate uh, okay franchises from great franchises. I mean, when you look at the bubble, one of the one of the breakout stars of of the playoffs in the bubble was was Lou Dort from from the OKC Thunder. Um, he was an undrafted free agent. You know, and then and then when you look at the Miami Heat, they've got Duncan Robinson, who was a Division three player and ended up in Michigan, and is probably one of the most unlikely NBA players ever. And yeah. he starts for that team and is a, and is a major contributor. So that's what separates, you know, those good teams from being you know those okay teams from being good teams and good teams from being great teams is is being able to develop talent that you find somewhere outside of the draft or outside of free agency that that nobody that nobody really would expect, and you and you develop them into players. So. Having a guy that knows how to run the run the G League side of things, I think it's going to be a boon. That, that that's a huge, huge W for the Kings in that regard. It just depends on who else sticks around in order to run the G League too, because obviously McNair's not going to be directly involved in that. I think um, Taylor Taylor McClish, who who already is the G League GM for the uh, for the Stockton Kings, I I hope I hope they keep him around. I hope he stays. Um, there already have been some people who have been kept on board. One of one of which, and the most notable name is Ken Catanella, uh, our savior, our king. The reason why the front office has stayed afloat, even though Vladi Divac was in charge, um, he's sticking around. That was expected. I think during this climate, it's hard to go out and just get people and like pay new people. Um, the Kings have already been struggling financially. So they keep Ken Catanella on. He's, he's known as a cap guru, guy who knows the CBA. Thank God, because if he didn't, then we totally would have been fucked because Vladi didn't know the CBA. Uh, Ken Catanella also was the guy that was sent to the draft lottery in 2018 to represent us during the actual drawing, like during the actual lottery process. He got us the second pick that we then fucked up, but he got us the second pick. He was our good luck charm. So um, it, it's great to hear that he's sticking around. Hopefully they, 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 they keep guys like Taylor McClish and, and, and other people that they deem valuable. But uh, I think for the most part, McNair's going to come in and he's going to want to clean house. And hopefully he does that. And hopefully that does actually happen. But um if we can circle back real quick to the search, <laughs> we talked a lot about this. Uh, we talked a lot about this in our group chat, Zach. When the candidates that we had requested interviews with started kind of just dropping like flies and just said, <laughs> no, thanks, but no thanks. How were you feeling? Like when that was happening, like what was going through your head? Uh, I, we were, we were all like super hyped. We were, we were getting, you know, 
like talks on interviews with like uh simon and langdon and stuff like that and then when when we just when they kind of just you know just didn't happen or materialize i was just like oh okay uh i guess i mean at least <laughs> we had interest um and we were like what oh for over oh, three at the time over oh, two and yeah and, yeah and 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 so we're just like okay well i mean I think we all were set on just anyone but uh, Scott Perry. So, yeah, yeah, and honestly, I, like the sad thing about those candidates dropping out was the the the, the thought of Scott Perry once again was starting to creep back into our. Yeah, it was it was it was it was, <laughs> it, was it was lingering in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah, it was, which was scary. Um, and look, honestly, if Scott Perry ended up being the guy, still an upgrade over Vladdy, right? I just yeah. don't think he was the sexy pick, and he wasn't the pick that many people were were exactly like knocking, you know, knocking down the Vex door for, uh, I, I think those candidates were the ones that ended up dropping out, which were, which were Langdon and Booth. I mean, I'm sorry, Langdon and Simon. And then it turns out after some conflicting reports and, 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 and some confusion, um, turns out that Calvin Booth, the, uh, the nuggets recently promoted to GM, uh, Calvin Booth actually ended up taking an interview here in Sacramento and ended up saying no thanks. But the fact that they were able to get an interview with a guy that's uh, well-respected and, 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 and many people see him as a guy who's got a bright future as an executive in, in the NBA. And it obviously works for a good franchise. I mean, the nuggets are in the Western conference finals. Not sure if you guys have heard, but they've overcome two, three, one deficits in, in the playoffs in order to get the West conference final against uh, finals against the Lakers. Um, I mean, to get an interview with a guy like that, that's a good sign, I think. Um, and then to get an interview, even with the three guys that the Kings did interview uh, and, and actually had uh, an interview process with on the same day in, in Sachin Gupta from Minnesota, um, Wes Wilcox from the Hawks, and, and McNair, who they ended up hiring, you know, in order to get those guys in for in-person interviews. I mean, already, like, that's pretty good. It's just concerning when two of everybody's top candidates say thanks, but no thanks. And there's not really an explanation. You know, usually sometimes that kind of stuff <laughs> leaks out into the media and you kind of find out why they said no. So when guys, when people start saying no, we're Kings fans, man, we are, we're, we, all we know is darkness, pain, and sorrow. Yep. When those things come out, you kind of start questioning like, what's going on here? Like, is there something else going on here? And I mean, like, obviously the Dumar stuff came out today where he's going to stay on as the chief strategy officer. And, and he was a part of the interview process and, and Sam Amick, who, who is an incredibly plugged in reporter with, with not just the NBA, but with the Kings, especially since he's a local guy working for the national media. Um, when a guy like Sam Amick goes on the radio and says, yeah, I heard that once a few candidates heard that Joe Dumars was going to be a part of this, they said, no, thanks. That's a little concerning. So, I mean, again, we'll see. But what it all comes back to is Vivek. We just got to hope that he stays out of the way. And, and we just really got to hope that Joe Dumars is, is not interfering with, what, with, with whatever McNair's got going on. Because when you hire a guy like McNair, and when you hire really anybody who's in that position, you just you hire them and you let them do their job, which is something that Vivek hasn't been able to do over the last seven years. So, we'll see. I, I Again, I, I think this is a good hire. I think Kings fans should be encouraged by the fact that we hired somebody with this type of type of resume and with this type of pedigree, but it all comes back to ownership and Vivek has been none too kind on the basketball side of things when he really shouldn't be 
<laughs> you really shouldn't be involved in that in any way. So I, I, I guess, I guess we'll see a couple years down the road. I mean, this is not going to be one of those hires where after a few months, you're already starting to make judgments. But uh, yeah. if there's one person that would say something about the performance of the team six months into a new executive's tenure, it would be Vivek. So <laughs> like we, we, we just got to tread carefully here. Uh, I think Kings fans should be encouraged again by this hire. It's just, as Kings fans, we should also be incredibly, incredibly careful about uh, just about Vivek because he's had obviously a very, very uh, I mean, let's face it, pretty shitty track record as an owner of the last seven years. Um, anyway, before we before we move on to this uh, to, to the to the other stuff that we're going to get into, uh, we need to give some shout outs, right? So, Zach, yep. uh, take it away. Who's getting the shout outs? And what for? You know, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're even for any particular reason, right? We're just giving them shout outs. So, so just yeah. go ahead back and uh, just, just give the shout outs where they're deserved. Yep. Um, so first shout out goes to Abaduba, um, just because you know. Um, second one goes out to Matt OG Sock God. Um, he he's he said that he was. Uh, what do you say? What do you say? Hold on, let me let me go back up to what he said. Uh, yeah, he goes, yeah, he's a, he's a future recurring guest. Um, he's a Canadian analyst and resident, uh, in, in Patriot, uh, insider. And he was saying about how he, he broke Patriots news and training camp, uh, two and a half weeks before it was announced. So if, if that doesn't excite you about Matt Oji God, the man reigning from Canada, um, coming onto the show, I don't know. I will, yeah. um, Shout out Big Juice, Big Daniels. Big Juice. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, it's Tyga time. But yeah. he's no, 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 no. We have to shout him out because Tyga just got an OnlyFans today. So oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. I mean, our, our buddy Amir, a.k.a. It's Tyga time on Twitter, at It's Tyga time. Uh, look him up. Great also, account. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but I think uh, the, Rudy, the Rudy Gay – uh, or Amir, the Rudy Gay fan page. Um, oh, it missed. Yeah, he, yeah. So, so he's he's. he's, he's I don't want to say that we might have missed out on a couple days of that of that <laughs> post. <laughs> um, someone might have forgotten to post. Um, whoever it is, that's so in charge I guess, of that page. Um, yeah, that hasn't really been doing their job. Except. We might we might have to have to you know take that up with uh, the 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 owner of that page. Yeah, the uh, admin of that page is going to have to answer for this. Um. Yeah, I, just real quick, back to back to it's Tiger time, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I think and I think sh- uh, uh, people who listen to the show are gonna are gonna get real familiar with our good friend it's Tiger time soon, but yep. um, <laughs> but his Twitter handle is it's Tiger time. He claims that he's not a Tiger fan anymore, but yeah. he kept the he kept the handle. So I mean, it's twenty twenty, and he still has a handle. Exactly. So. Either he's that lazy, or he actually still does have, you know, uh, uh, very, very, very severe feelings for Tyga here. And and speaking of Tyga, he dropped an OnlyFans today. Yep. For, so for those of you out there, in, yeah. For those of you interested out there, and this is by the way, um, you know, this 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 podcast again is called Unsponsored. Tyga, I mean, we'll take anything. Tyga, please yep. sponsor us. We're gonna give you the plug right now. Uh, we average about twenty five listeners an episode, so if we get at least one or two people to sign up. 
I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's an extremely high success rate for the number of people I think, that... I think that I know them. who would sign up just for the sake of... Uh, oh, is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it it's Tiger time? Do you think he'd sign up? <laughs> I, th- I think so. And, and maybe Big Juice, just for the heck of it. Yeah, I think Big Juice... Well, I mean, Big Juice already, you know, uh, he's, he's spoken about it on the record on the show, right? He already yeah. spends like 130 bucks on OnlyFans every month. What's $15 <laughs> more when you spend 130 bucks? Exactly. So, so uh, But it's Tiger time, man. Huge day for him because Tiger, look, just started an OnlyFans. Fourteen ninety five a month. You can get premium content from Tyga. We don't know what it is. Uh, I don't even know if we want to speculate on what it is. But one can say I, I might. I might have a guess of what it, it may be. Do, do you want to talk it, about what it, you I think, think it might I think, be? I think what you might see of just one clip of, of him is just going ah, and <laughs> and you know and and or 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 maybe just. Yeah, that I mean, you know, okay. so it just, those two. Dude, whenever I think about that noise that Tyga makes, I think about, okay, so one time me and my friends were out, we were about to go to a party and, uh, well, you actually know this person. He's, uh, he's the older brother of a good friend of your sister's. Yeah. Uh, you can probably connect the dots, yeah. but, uh, but, oh, and, and his, and his, and the initials to his name are, 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 are RT. So yeah. we were, so we were hanging out, we were hanging out, <laughs> we were, about to go to a party uh and we and some of us were hungry so we we're just like all right well let's um let's go get some food then and so we we're like pre-gaming eating food uh our my good friend our good friend rt was already a little uh he'd already had a a, a generous amount of alcohol up to that point right even before we got to the party so you can probably guess how the rest of the night went but uh but we went to go get alberto's and we go back to the crib. We're sitting there. We're just hanging out. And then he hadn't dug into his food just yet because he was too busy drinking more alcohol. And then all of a sudden he sits down and we're all having a conversation. Like we're, we're like, there's like five of us talking and he sits down, whips out the burrito, unwraps it. And we're in the middle of our conversation. You just hear him go, ah, and he just takes a big ass bite of his burrito. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like we all just stopped and we just looked at him. We're like, "Bro, what?" And I mean, obviously, like I, I think if he were sober, I don't think that would have happened. But he was a little gone, so we were just like, "Dude, what the hell was that?" And then, and then he just didn't acknowledge us. Like he didn't answer the question. He just kept he kept on eating his burrito. We were like, we were just shocked, just completely taken aback. We're like, "Oh my god, what the hell? Why did he just make the? Why did he just make the tiger noise?" Hey. The Albertos be making you do some some silly stuff. So. Hey man, the, the Albertos man. <laughs> shout out, it, shout out Albertos as well. Yeah, yeah. Another 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 place, another establishment that should that should sponsor us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I uh, I I'm in 100% agreement with you. That Albertos gets you acting strange sometimes. Yeah. Like I mean, like in a good way, but dude, sometimes you know, especially when it's like late night. Or when you're just like out, mm-hmm. you've been out and about, you've been, you've been, you know, either, I mean, you could, you could have been doing anything. Like if you were downtown, if you, you know, I, I like some of my, some of my like funniest memories of Adalberto's are from when I was in high school. And that was just always just like the rally point. That was just always like, like if a party got shut down, we'd be like, oh yeah, meet up at Adalberto's. And then we just meet up in the fucking parking lot. I think that's gotta, I think that's a big reason why they just shut down the indoors <laughs> after like 11 o'clock because they were just like did too many freaking 
weirdos and annoying high school kids come here after midnight. So they had to shut that shit down. But yeah, man, that, that, that Alberto's man, sometimes it just like, it just calls you. It just, it just, it just, it, you, you just, you just have to go get some Alberto's. It's a craving that you need to satisfy. Um, and you know, fortunately for you and I, we live right next to the Alberto's. Are we in agreement here? Like, yeah. isn't that the best Alberto's? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I think our buddy Everett would, would, would agree. Yeah. Our, our, our good friend, another person that should, should, that, that deserves a shout out. Uh, our good yeah, friend shout Everett, out. shout out, shout out Everett. Um, he's actually moved away from the 08 though. He's moved away from Carmichael. So he doesn't live next. Yeah. He doesn't live next to that Alberto's anymore. But I think that, I think that if there was ever a hill that we would all die on, it would be, it would be the, the Alberto's that's next to our house is like by far the best one. Like there's, there, there are, there are like, and there's so many like offshoots, right? California burrito, yeah. L4 Stero, Al Don mm-hmm. Bertos. Yeah. The one um, buried right off Marconi. Yeah. The one right down the, right down the, right down the street. Um, yeah. That one sucks. Yeah. That one's not good. Um, there's like Al, Aldabertos. Yeah. Like there, there's some in full. Like there's, there's only I think there's only one other place that's actually named Adalberto's. A I think that one's off Sunrise. Yes, and that one's off Sunrise. Yeah, that's it. And honestly, I've been to that one a few times. Pretty solid. That one, that one is since they're I, maybe it's just because their names are the same. I don't know, but yeah, that one's like the only really comparable one when you think of when you think of what Adal, what the actual Adalberto's has to offer. So yeah, yeah. It's by it's by far the best one. If anybody if anybody wants to debate this, come on the show and 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 we'll tell you mm-hmm. why. You know, like, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's just your opinion's wrong if you think something. Yeah. Something besides that Alberto's on Bear Oaks is better mm-hmm. than that Alberto's. All right. Um, I will say this about California Burrito though, pretty solid. And uh, look, Alberto's incredibly popular over the last decade or so. Right. So they they're gonna have to jack up their prices at some point. Yeah. Um, California burrito, which is right next to Alberto's on Fair Oaks, pretty solid, cheaper too. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. So for the mm-hmm. price, not bad. But I mean, look, there's something about the Alberto's though. There's something about that OG Alberto's. I mean, the carne asada fries there mm-hmm. have to be the best carne asada fries that I've ever tasted. Your thoughts on these carne asada fries? I I agree, and. Uh... I don't know about you, but I put the red sauce. I, I, I put the red sauce all over the fries as well to, mm-hmm. to, to give it a little more like spiciness or something like that. Um, but yeah, there, there's a different. Um, I also think it's, it's, it's also their uh, just weird and awful drive-through uh, entrance where there's just a, like a tree <laughs> yeah. that just blocks and you have to go around and kind of turn yeah. your car into the – and it just, it's just weird because you think you're going to hit the curb and you don't know, so you have to do it really carefully. Exactly. And yeah. I think if – they know putting you through that struggle and you're just going to end up getting just some fire ass Mexican food. They, they just, they're, they're at the top. They know, they know what they're doing with that, with that, with that layout. Nine times out of 10, it's those places that are like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Or like, it's like a hole in the wall joint in like a rough part of town or something like that. That's like, got like the best food, right? Like we're all in agreement with this. Like Alberto's like, like, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like uh, a friend, Miguel, who who put that little thread up about about who's just like how you just know some places are fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Miggy, by like, the, Miggy, by the way, got, is uh, he's responsible for uh, for our intro music on this, by the way. So yep. So out. shout out Miggy. Yeah, shout out Miggy. Where are you? Where are Shout out. Shout out there. We gotta start charging for these shout outs, man. Yeah, yeah. This is like um, 
like Patreon cameo. We just got to, we just got to start charging for, for, you know, shout outs and, and all that and personal messages. Uh, no, but he made a thread on Twitter. He's just like, how, you know, some, some food joints be, be bussing because, uh, he listed some things. You're just it's like, if, uh, if you, if you just got a booth and little kids just playing on a tablet, hell <laughs> uh, if, 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 you know, you just hear like, just like a home phone ringing as like their, 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 their business phone, uh, no one, no one, no one comes up to seat you. They just sit at the back and they kind of just point to a table and you just mm-hmm. go up. Yeah. Um, I think you and me know that very well for, for Vietnamese places. Oh, dude. Um, they'd be I, doing that the most. Bro, Vietnamese places are like pure anarchy. Because like, they just don't give a shit. They, they don't give a shit. You could <laughs> you, like, and honestly, dude, and I mean, you've been to Vietnam. You've been, you've been to Vietnam yeah. more recently than me. Uh, I still yeah. remember, I still remember this from going to Vietnam 15 years ago. And I have a very good friend of mine who actually taught English in Vietnam for nine months uh who who's who's a caucasian he's a white american guy who's born here in sacramento right <laughs> and he's and he was just like you know when he came back and he would talk to me about his about his experience he would just be amazed he'd be amazed at how like people just cut like there's no like the, <laughs> the concept of lines in vietnam is like uh, not a thing like people just he would just walk right no. in front of you and he told me a story one time where you know, he stayed in, he stayed in hanoi which is the capital of vietnam um he, while, yeah. while staying there, he would go to this coffee shop uh, almost every day to get his fix of caffeine. And he said a, a number of times, like not just once, but many times, he'd be standing there in line. He's the next guy in line or close to being the next guy in line. And then like some dude who just like, and I mean like, the buddy I'm talking <laughs> about is like, he's, he's 6'2". He stands like a sore thumb in, 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 in a place like Vietnam where everybody there is typically pretty short. He's six feet, two inches tall. You know, like, dude, nobody gives a shit. You know, no matter how big you are, how tall you are, or how American you are. <laughs> These guys, I guess, would just like walk in and it'd be like a different person every day. They would just walk in and he's in line and they would just kind of, they would just walk right in front of him. And then he'd have to do this thing where he would walk around them and put his arm out and just be like, no, <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not cutting me. So uh, yeah, Vietnamese places, 100% anarchy. But the places, the Vietnamese places that are like, like, nine times out of 10, like just like out of control like that. Pretty yeah. good food. Pretty good. Yeah, if food, if you, if you have to think twice about going inside to a restaurant and if I, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be serving up that heat. Yeah. hundred so. percent. Like if, if those places where it's like a life and death situation that, that, that could occur yeah. possibly anytime. I mean, like you and I know Stockton Boulevard, Fruit Ridge, yeah. that, that area, right? Like South little Saigon bond. If you will. Yep. Yeah. Like Mac road. I mean, it's like every, every week, you hear stories about like people getting like robbed at knife point or gunpoint in like broad daylight yeah. in like those parking lots, like by SF supermarket and stuff like that. And you're just like, man, that's crazy. That's nuts. But that food, that food is fire. <laughs> like, yeah. You're just like, yeah, I mean, but, but I was leaving TK noodle. Exactly. And, and yeah, was, exactly. Was, like, <laughs> at least, I mean, at least I got some TK noodle before I, before I got, before I got robbed of all my personal information and all my credit cards and stuff. Yeah. It's worth it. Lolly cups right around the corner, you know, the yeah. uh the very first t4 in sacramento right yep, down the street, right down the road right next mm-hmm. to aa and vin fat you know like yeah those places those places are like the best places dude like that like yeah you, you, you just can't go wrong um yeah uh what the hell were we even talking about oh um <laughs> albertos yeah anyways albertos albertos <laughs> the goat uh, and and real quick real quick uh since since we uh since we just since we just uh mentioned him we brought him up but but our buddy but our biggie uh our buddy miggy 
uh, Miguel Resendez, yeah. for those of you who don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, posted this last week. This is actually going to be happening tomorrow night. Miggy, oh, yeah. Miggy and friends, en vivo. And friends. Uh, yeah, uh, en vivo. Uh, go ahead and translate Means. for me, Zach. You took four, four years of Spanish. Oh, more than four years. It's been like six. Okay, um, so six years. But in vivo means means live. Okay, so cool, cool. It's yeah, a live performance. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll make sure to uh, transcribe that, and then we'll get we'll get we'll get somebody to we'll we'll get somebody to into the, do a voiceover there for those of you who don't know what in yeah. vivo means. And just in case, just in case, uh, mm -hmm. just in case uh, Zach didn't get it across to you, in vivo means yeah. live. If my translations were off. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get it squared away though. We'll get that we'll get that figured out in post when when I edit this. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so Miggy and friends, uh, uh, Miguel, man, incredibly gifted musician. Yep. Uh, he's done some really dope stuff. Uh, if you look him up on Instagram, Miguel Resendez. That's Miguel M I G U E L R E C E N D E Z mm -hmm. on Instagram. You'll find some stuff that he's posted on there. Him making beats. Him playing the fucking trumpet. Trumpet. Yep. Yeah, he's on the keys. Yep, he's uh, on the keys. He's on the trumpet. Uh, he he posted this really dope that really dope video of him and his buddy where he's singing that Daniel Caesar song, mm -hmm. um, in 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 his garage with the cool uh, projector running with the with the video Some game lights. going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. like uh, incredibly gifted guy. But he's doing a live stream and in person performance tomorrow night. Um, it will be at nine fifteen p.m. Pacific time. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see if you're in mountain time, that's one hour ahead. So that'd be 10, 15. If you're in the Midwest, that's two hours ahead. So that's 11, 15. And if you're on the East coast, by the way, the East coast, that time zone. So shitty. Sorry. Sorry yeah. for everybody out there who lives on the East coast. Who's listening to this. Uh, that'll be at 12, 15 AM technically on Saturday. Again, another reason why the, uh, the East coast sucks, but yeah. Um, it's in person, but it's also going to be live streamed. The, uh, the live stream is going to be on remedy Live. I believe he'll post the link. Um, you'll probably see us post it as well. We're probably going to be, I mean, I'm supposed to be at something tomorrow night at around nine o'clock, but, uh, maybe I'll just dangerously have this thing up yeah. in my car and I'll live stream it as, I'm, <laughs> as I'm, as I'm, as I'm driving to where I'm supposed to be. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's going to have a live performance with, uh, with, with some friends of his, they're going to do some dope music shit. I think everybody should pull up. He's an incredibly gifted guy. Um, that's a great story as well. Yeah. Great story. And, and that's something that yeah, we need to get him on. We need to get him yeah. on so we can, so we can yeah. talk about it himself. But, um, but yeah, man, guy, guy's incredibly talented. Uh, Miggy and friends in vivo tomorrow night, 9 15 PM Pacific time. It will be live and in person once again. And uh, it says right here, tips encouraged. So um, there's probably gonna be like a Venmo link or a Cash App link or something like that. You can donate to the cause. So mm -hmm. big shout out to Miguel. Um, yep. All right. Before we wrap things up, Zach, we revisit this basically every week. But, uh, but the state of Barcelona, please. Uh, what's new this week? What's going on? And what the hell is, what the hell is happening with Parts uh, <clears throat> Mayo and company? So... Um... There, you know, as I mentioned before, there's a big community that uh, is directly involved with a club called the Soshis. Um, they're kind of just like the community that's allowed to to vote and stuff like that on 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 kind of whatever goes on in the club. There's different like campaigns and all that. Um, and so recently, uh, there there has been an action for uh, what is it called? Um, a censure motion is what they call it 
to 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 basically call for a resignation on Bartomeu and enforce elections. And so over the past week, there's a you know been a platform where 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 people have been calling for that for votes. And so they had to meet. So there's about like 140,000 Sochi members. Um, and so what they had to do was they had to meet a certain quota of votes to get it. And I believe it was like 16,300 something. Um, and I think yesterday was the last day that people could have entered in those votes for this motion to begin to force election and, and, and immediate resignation for Bartomeu and stuff like that. Um, and, and so yesterday there was, so yesterday, I believe there are around like 13,000 something and, and they're racking up votes and, and stuff like that. And um, Victor Font, who is part of, you know, a campaign to obviously go into elections as a president for, for 2021. Um, he, he was helping this one group um, be like a, like an area in his headquarters where they can put their votes in so they can secure it. So they make sure they have those votes. And then they have another guy um, called like his name was uh, Joan Farre or something like that. And he's the one who had to deliver the votes today to, to, to the Barcelona headquarters and stuff like that. Um, and this morning people, so, so we had to wait till uh, I think like a certain time, like afternoon in Spain. So it was like uh, super early in the morning for us Americans. Um, and so the total was 20,430 votes to like initiate that, that, that censure motion, um, for, for all that. Um, so, so Fot mob did a little like article, uh, I opened it up and it was just basically saying how, um, a motion to formally center Barcelona club president, uh, Josep Bartomeu, uh, Maria Bartomeu has smashed past the reduced signature, uh, or required signature amount, making it highly likely that Barcelona or Bartomeu will face a vote that could force him to step down. Um, I think the last time this happened was, uh, the previous president before Bartomeu, Sandro Rosell, who is ba- who ba- who's still with a club who works as like Bartomeu's right hand man, like wing man. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they, so that's what happened. And, and, and then obviously Bartomeu got his, um, his, his, his st- uh, uh, standing as, as president from that. Um, Laporta, who was part of, you know, obviously building all those great Barcelona teams before, uh, he was part of that, but as I said before, he was trying to, re- he was just relying on just nostalgia and just saying like, oh, we'll, you know, bring back the glory days and stuff, but no real plan. Um, so that's why Victor Font comes in. And so that's kind of what we're staring at now. Um, there's been reports though, that Bartomeu won't resign or step down and he's going to just try to fight, you know, the voting and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, count your, count your fucking days, Bartomeu, um, <laughs> because, because your time, your time is up, my guy. Um, it's it's been a long time coming, but but you know, I think people. I was looking at Twitter today because I, I woke up and I was just like, I was just like, oh shit, you know, they got twenty thousand votes. I was trying to see what what everyone, all the all the Barcelona uh, Twitter pages and stuff I, I follow and were saying and stuff like that. And people were saying that this is this is Messi's greatest goal in in getting Bartomeu out of the club and and enforcing a move and everything like that. And and now he's staying obviously, and and if he he's able to get a new board and stuff like that. Um, this this would be like his greatest goal ever, uh, and 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 so he's like basically saving the club, um, which is not something new that we haven't seen. Um, so that's kind of where we stand right now. We've had a couple of preseason friendlies so far. We had one against uh, who we played. Who we played against a team called Gymnastic, who was like in the Segunda B division, a lower ranking team. Um, we just played Girona yesterday, 
who I think is in uh, La Liga one two three, um, so the, the the division right below La Liga, uh, Santander, um, and 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 so I'm gonna say this now. I've been part of the Francisco Trincao hype. So if you if you see a lot of hype around him and, and people and you see those footy pages start start blowing him up like Ansu Fati and stuff like that, just know I've been I've been part of that. Okay. Uh, I don't think anybody's gonna doubt you. So. Yeah, he uh, he's a baller, man. He he, God, if you watch him. He's probably our most competent winger next down to Fati and, and Usman Dembele. Um, Usman Dembele also back from injury. He's been playing. Um, obviously, we're waiting on Pjanic and stuff like that to 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 get over with his his training and stuff like that and be cleared to play because he he was he was quarantined because he got COVID from uh, I think traveling from Italy to Spain and stuff like that and and mm-hmm. and so they had a quarantine for a couple of days. But he's back in training. Um, our first league game is Sunday, and I think we believe. So they have like the Gamper Trophy, which is like a preseason friendly, but it's just kind of like a yeah. to honor Yon Gamper, who's uh, the founder of the club, um, and 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 I believe will be playing Elche, uh, a newly promoted side. They've been like they've been fluctuating up and down in between the two two uh, divisions, um, but I believe that's that's who we were playing. And then Via Real on Sunday, um, I believe. You know the the Memphis Depay rumors. Um, there hasn't been an official offer yet. Um, they're just rumors, but there is an agreement between the two, uh, the club and player. Um, I believe they're working on trying to sell our uh, Arturo Vidal is supposed to be an intra player. I believe by the end of this week, um, Luis Suarez, who was supposed to be going to Juventus, that has stopped because um, he wasn't able to get his like Italian passport. Or, yeah. or, or however that works and stuff like that before Champions League starts, so he wouldn't be eligible to play, and that's what Juventus also wanted him for. Um, but Atletico Madrid have been, you know, rumored to to step up and, and take it on, but he'd be coming out of free, so they'd just be paying his wages. Um, so that's what's been going on. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, they were also rumored to get Sergio Dest. Their Barcelona are in like the hot in 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 the, in the front seat to get Sergio Dest, fullback from Ajax, American, uh, 18 years old. Um, highly scouted, very high potential baller, an, ab- yeah. an absolute baller. The the yeah. fact that yeah. the fact that he chose the United States over the Netherlands too yeah. for the national team is like it's, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. I can't believe he actually did that, but I mean, I guess it makes sense for him because he's gonna be playing a lot more. Um, yeah. but yeah, but he's he's yeah he's he is on on there, which is good, and that is our first defender, our first defender that we are looking at this whole transfer window. Keep in mind, we lost eight two against Bayern. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, uh, Tottenham lost seven two as well. Yeah, yeah. So that goes to show how good our defense is, right? And we're looking at our first defender of this window. Um, meanwhile, we are looking at you know Lartaro Martinez, Memphis Depay, um, you know who else? A shit ton of other attackers that we don't need. Um, but uh, yeah. So, so, we'll gener- what, so generally, so generally, generally, uh, pretty good news. Yeah, I so so today. Yeah, today was really good news. Just saying um, how how the vote and in, in, in motion to censure the club to to push Bartomeu out for elections and stuff like that was exactly what we wanted to see. People were having doubts because if you have one hundred forty thousand Sochi members and you're only you know supposed to make a quota of sixteen thousand, and we were struggling to reach that, that just goes to show that 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 the members literally are just there just for just to say that they're a member of the club um, on like a more like elite level i guess and they're not really actually like paying attention to even like what's happening so they're like kind of just like doing that for whatever um and and so 
I'm, I'm glad we like blew the quota out of like the, the water. And Oh, I remember reading something about how it was like, um, there could have been like, like, uh, like an error within like the voting thing by however much. So they were making sure they got everybody's in. So if it was even by like a 10% failure, we still would have met that quota, um, to, to make sure we got that, um, the vote through to, 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 to continue, continue on with the, the, the motion to, to vote and stuff like that. So, okay. They mean business this year. So yeah, no, it seems like things are trending in the right direction there. Um, and you've been, you've, you've, you've been waiting on something like this and and this is coming a little bit earlier than you expected. So I, I, I imagine you're, you're pretty thrilled about that. Um, I'll tell you what I'm thrilled about. I'll tell you what I'm thrilled about though, Zach. Uh, Oh yeah. As many of you may know, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Uh, the pride and joy and literally the entire Tottenham Hotspur team for a good three, four seasons was a guy by the name, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Gareth, how do you pronounce it? Bayer? Aaron Lennon. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about him. So I didn't mean to disrespect Aaron. I didn't mean <laughs> Tom, to disrespect Aaron Lennon. Uh, to Aaron Lennon. We're a pro Aaron, Aaron Lennon pod. But, yeah. uh, but there, there was this other guy on the team named Gareth Bale. I don't know. Some apparently he was a big deal. Um, yeah. Turns out one, one PFA player of the year two yeah. two times. Who, who yeah. knows who the one, hell that guy is? Yeah, he won young player of the year too. Um, yeah. You know, uh, ball, shortlisted for the Ballon d'Or a couple times, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he record was a, record record sale for for your club. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. He he was for five years. He was the most expensive player in football history. 80, yep. 80, 85 million pounds or euros or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he went to, he went to some club. Uh, I, I, it, it's tough for me to mention them by name on this pod uh, for your sake, but uh, he went to Real Madrid. Scum. Uh, <laughs> and uh, black played magic along, played alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. But ever since Zinedine Zidane took over as their manager, uh, things is that things have been a little icy between the two. Mm-hmm. And there have been rumors for a couple of years now, like, oh, like people were talking, hey, maybe Gareth Bell could come back to Tottenham. It's actually happening now. Yep. Fabrizio Romano. So Fabrizio Romano, for those of you who aren't really into wolf football like that, if you know who Woj is yep. in regards to the NBA, if you know who Adam Schefter is in regards to the NFL, mm-hmm. this is the 100% direct equivalent of those two guys. This guy is on it, and his, and his, his, his infamous – phrase that he always puts in his tweets like and this is when you know shit's about to go down is when he says here we go here Here we we go go." that's when you that's when you know shit's about to go down with 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 oh man the people like to shorthand his name they call him fab yeah when fab says here we go oh shit's about to shit's about to get crazy shit's about to hit the fan um and in and in in the last 48 to 72 hours there has been a flurry of Tottenham news. Uh, it first started with uh, Sergio Reguilon, who last year played on loan with uh, Sevilla. Sevilla uh, got mm-hmm. to the, got to the Europa final, uh, Europa yep. League final, on stuff. Really good season. He, he was on loan. Oh, that's right, they won it. He was on loan from Re- from Real Madrid to Sevilla because Zidane didn't really see him in his plans. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, who, who was their, who was their manager before Zidane took over? Uh, it was, it wasn't Lopetegui um, because he got fired. And then yeah. their assistant to Lopetegui, who was a Real Madrid letter. I forgot his name, but. Um, was he the guy who took was, over? Yeah. Be, uh, yeah. Before Zidane came back, he, he, well, I mean, they used Regulon that season 
and then they kind of uh he started to see less games as the season yeah. went on from from the 18-19 season and then this past season he was loaned out to Sevilla because right. uh when Don came back they didn't they didn't see him yeah as part they of were him. yeah they they just they they weren't they weren't really uh yeah whatever whatever it was about him they didn't really they didn't really see him as and they as signed an Furlan Mendy who 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 broke into that team like crazy after yeah. he uh got a couple starts and then he just started outplaying Marcelo and he just he he just he just started taking over that starting role so yeah. i mean it would have been hard yeah it would have it would have been tough for a guy like Regulon to 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 get any type of playing time on the first team so uh so good on him for going out on loan and showing what he could do he 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 had a great season at at uh, at Sevilla and and uh and now is on, is on his way to Tottenham like apparently he was pretty close to, to going to United and yeah. then United didn't want to agree to a buyback clause and so all of a sudden, <laughs> Daniel Levy, Don Levy, for all of you who have watched the Tottenham Hotspur All or Nothing documentary, uh, you know you know a little bit about him. And if you're a Tottenham fan, you definitely know about him. Um, but typically not willing to spend money. He couldn't pass up a good deal when he saw one, though. And in his eyes, this is a good deal because even though there's a buy, even though there's a potential buyback clause with Real Madrid for Regulon, the chances of being the chances of him being bought back not high, not that high. So. He's thinking maybe we can hang on to this guy if he works out. But there are two things that really made Real Madrid say, okay, yeah, we'll do this. One was a one was the buyback clause, aforementioned buyback clause. Uh, and if they do buy him back, it'll be at a valuation of somewhere between 40 and 45 million. Um, Spurs are gonna pay roughly 30 million pounds or euros for him. So you're making a profit there, even if he's bought back. And then the other clause that they had to agree to was the first right of refusal. So if Tottenham get a bid for Regulon even after the buyback clause expires, if they get a, if they get a bid for Regulon that Real Madrid like, then Real Madrid would actually be able to swoop in and get that transfer fee, which, you know, kind of, kind of hardballs Tottenham. You know, let's say things don't work out. Obviously things wouldn't go very well if things didn't work out in Regulon. It's not very good, but all signs point to him being pretty good. And even though it might take him a little bit to adapt to English football, I mean, the guy played well in Europe last year. Uh, even though it was the Europa League, he still showed that what he could do. And 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 look, honestly, man, like I I I'm okay with Ben Davies, uh, as 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 the Tottenham left back. I, I'm cool with him, but he's you can certainly do better and, and Regulon's much much better than him uh, going up that left side. So that's an upgrade. But apparently, in the discussions for Regulon, Daniel Levy decided to just throw it out there and ask, hey. You think Gareth Bale's available? You think he'd want to come back to Tottenham? And that's where things started. And now we're now we are in like full. We're already 100%. Here we go with Fab when it comes to Sergio Regulon. Uh, we're waiting for confirmation for here we go for Gareth Bale for us to really, really. I mean, excuse my language, but Tottenham fans are chumming right now, 100% in their pants. Yep. They're inking their they're inking their pants over this because Gareth Bale is, is such a beloved player in Tottenham history. Um, Seven years after he left, he could very well be on his way back, and we could be finding out here within the next twenty-four hours. But uh, both those guys played for Madrid. It's very, it's it's very likely that uh, they hopped on the same plane and came over. Reports, though, say that Regulon's already in London and Bale isn't yet. But uh, it could be like by the end of the weekend, all this stuff's going to come together, and Spurs will have one of the one of the best players in club history back on their team. Um, and then uh, a, a major, major upgrade at left back, and uh, and and boy, do we need it! Because uh, just before we hopped on here to do this podcast, I was I was watching some of the uh, Europa second qualifying round, 
And Tottenham were playing against a team that's, I mean, let's face it, Zach, uh, the team that they're playing is the equivalent of a Wi-Fi password. I mean, I, people don't even know what wh- who they are or what league they even play in, but they struggled mightily, mightily against Locomotive Plovdiv and uh, needed a Harry Kane penalty and two red cards on one play in order to help them win. So if they're struggling against teams in, like, Bulgaria, then, man, it's going to be a long season. So reinforcements will be needed. Uh, and and hopefully uh, hopefully things work out for the best for, for Tottenham from this one moving forward once those guys are integrated into the team. Are you there, Zach? I think we, I think can you hear me? Yeah, I, I I can hear you now, but your but your picture's not moving. So yeah, uh, I I think I think <laughs> I think uh, my uh, did somebody step on a wire? Did, did did Maddie did Maddie did Maddie chew something like a wire or something like that? What happened? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find out in interview, aren't I? <laughs> um, no, but, I think my computer's just I I it's it's just I had to plug it in, and I just hmm. think. I have a bunch of pages going up because I was, I was just in class not too long before we started this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's just uh, a little slow right now. So, yeah, that's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I, I can see you. You're just, you're frozen. Like you can't, you're not moving. Okay. Well, and, and now turn off my camera and then uh, the old unplug it, plug it back in trick. Well, look, man, uh, it, it just, yeah. just so we can, just so we can stop people from, from, from being tortured <laughs> with listening to us, trying to figure out these technical difficulties. Uh, we'll end it there, um, and hopefully we'll be back next week. We might have a, and we we we, we tease us every week just to, just to keep you guys coming back. But uh, we might actually have like a really fun, interesting episode for you guys next week. Um, so hopefully you guys will tune in for that, and uh, hopefully we can get things squared away to make that happen. But uh, yeah, this was uh, this 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 was uh, this was another fun episode, man. Like we had a lot to talk about today, so. Um, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week, and and hopefully there's more news that we can talk about with sports, and then there's there's maybe some old tweets that we can dig up. I don't know. Uh, there, there, there's a hint for you guys. So um, we're just gonna go ahead and sign off. Uh, Zach, I don't know if you're still there, uh, or if you can even hear this because I can't hear you. But uh, just in case you aren't and you can't get your get your uh, get your word in, uh, I'll sign off for you. This has been Zach and Drew, another episode of the Unsponsored Podcast. Take care, guys.